You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. is ripped apart and Judah in the south and Israel in the north now all of a sudden Israel is ripped in half so now there's three this is crazy see what sin does see what sin will do to a nation this is scary folks because I see my beloved in the United States of America being torn apart I see it be torn from within I see it be torn apart because of sin and, and the flesh in the world I see it. It's becoming more and more common today to see sin accepted and tolerated in our culture. In fact, sin is even being celebrated. Today, Pastor Dave will explain how the sin rampant in a nation can and will tear the nation apart. It happened to God's nation of Israel, and it can happen here. Don't tolerate sin. Speak out against it. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 16 as he continues his message, The Parade of Kings. You are Each one is getting a little nastier than the next. Each one is trying to outdo each other with their sin. This guy is from the house of Iskachar, one of the 12 tribes. He reigns for 24 years. He kills all the people of Jeroboam according to the, uh, the prophecy because of Jeroboam's great sin. What is interesting, what really is interesting, take a minute and flip back a page To chapter 14, verse 11. He's talking to Jeroboam. The prophet is talking to Jeroboam. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Jeroboam and dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field, for the Lord has spoken. Go back over to 16, verse 4. The dog shall eat whoever belongs to Bashah and that dies in the city, and the birds of the air shall eat whoever dies in the field. Because he killed the house of Jeroboam, Now the Lord is coming after him with the exact same prophecy. With the exact same prophecy. Bashar was a wicked man. And this was a dreadful 24 years in the history of Israel, both spiritually and physically. It was one sad time. He did in sight of the Lord, and the Lord came against him with his word. He heads a conspiracy to kill Nadab, and he kills the whole house. He is one wicked king, and he patterns his life after Jeroboam, so he faces the exact same judgment as Jeroboam. Put it, we'll summarize it. Though Bashar got was not a genetic descendant of Jeroboam, having murdered his family, he was certainly a spiritual descendant of Jeroboam, and he got exactly what Jeroboam got. So I hope that you're noticing God's hand through all this. How God is directing them. He, the kingdom is still there. It's still Israel. It's still Judah. We're not talking about Judah right now. We saw the first two kings. But we're looking at these things. And I don't know if I was Ella, if I wanted to be king. I don't know how old Ella was when he watched this. But did he see, I mean, 
Come on. If you knew all this was going on, would you really want to be king? I mean, and think about this too. If you're watching someone get hammered by the Lord because of their sin, wouldn't you kind of think, well, wait a minute. Now we have Elah. Elah, Elah, Elah. Verse 8, chapter 16. In the 26th year of Asa, notice Asa still ruling in Judah, Elah the son of Bashah became king over Israel and reigned two years. He serves a whopping two years in Tirzah. Now his servant, Zimri, commander of half his chariots, conspired against him as he was in Tirzah, drinking himself drunk in the house of Arza, steward of the house of Tirzah. And Zimri went in and struck him and killed him in the 27th year of Asa, king of Judah, and reigned in his place. Then it came to pass when he began to reign, as soon as he was seated on his throne, that he killed all the household of Bashah. He did not even leave him one male, neither his relatives nor his friends. Thus Zimri destroyed all of the household of Bashah, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke against Bashah by Jehu the prophet, for all the sins of Bashah and the sins of Elah his son, by which they had sinned and by which they had made Israel sin, in provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. Now the rest of the acts of Elah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of Chronicles in the king's of Israel. It's quite a cast of characters. I don't think, you know, this is incredible. Elah is the son of Bashah. He reigns for two years. He's killed by his commander of his chariots, Zimri. And in verses 15 through 20, we see Zimri's reign. Here we go. In the 27th year of Asia, king of Judah, Zimri had reigned in Tirsus seven days. (laughs) He reigned for seven days. And you wonder why the nation is so messed up. You wonder why the nation is having such problems. And the people were encamped against Gibeathon, which belonged to the Philistines. Now the people who were encamped heard it and said, Zimri has conspired and also was killed, has killed the king. So all Israel made Amri the commander of the army king over Israel that day in the camp. Then Amri and all Israel went with them up to Gibeathon, and they besieged Tirzah. And it happened, when Zimri saw the city was taken, that he went into the citadel of the king's house and burned the king's house down upon himself with fire and died. Because of the sins which he had committed in doing evil in the sight of the Lord, in walking in the way of Jeroboam, and in the sin which he had committed to make Israel sin. Now the rest of the acts of Zimri, are they, and the treason he committed, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the king's of Israel. So he kills off the house of Basha in fulfillment with the prophet Jehu. It recorded here is one of the very few suicides in the Bible. There are several. Samson committed suicide in judgment, remember, when he toured the uh, temple of the uh, Philistine. God down on top of him. Saul committed suicide when he fell on his sword. Remember Ahithophel? He committed suicide also. And of course, Judas Iscariot committed suicide. The Bible never approves of suicide. It is sin. It's self-murder. But yet we would be wrong to look at it as the unforgivable sin we would be wrong to look at it as the unforgivable sin. 
Unfortunately, a person who does that has bought into the lives of Satan, whose purpose is to kill and destroy. It's a strange thing, suicide. It's a strange thing. Having been near the edge several times myself, I know exactly what that person feels like. It's not a very good feeling. Not a very good feeling. But I was too much of a chicken to do it. Zimri only reigned seven days, but in those days he walked the way of Jeroboam. God allowed many wicked kings in Israel to reign much longer than this, but God was under no obligation to let them do this. Sooner or later, God's judgment comes upon the sinner. God's judgment comes upon a sinner. God is not mocked. Whatsoever you reap, that should you sow. Sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh. You sow to the spirit, you reap to the spirit. So our next guy in line, we're going to get through it. Omri. Then the people of Israel will divide it into two parts. Wait a minute. First of all, the nation is ripped apart, and Judah in the south and Israel in the north. Now, all of a sudden, Israel is ripped in half. So now there's three. This is crazy. See what sin does? See what sin will do to a nation? This is scary, folks, because I see my beloved United States of America being torn apart. I see it being torn from within. I see it being torn apart because of sin. And, and the flesh in the world. I see it. God definitely has a plan, and we need to follow him more and more. Half the people followed Tibna, the son of Ginnath, to make him king. The other half followed Omri. But the people who followed Omri prevailed over the people who followed Tibna, the son of Gibnath. So Tibna died, and Omri reigned. In the 30, 31st year of Asa, king of Judah, Omri became king over Israel and reigned 12 years. Six years he reigned in Tirzah. And he brought a hill of Samaria from Shemer for two talents of silver. And then he built on the hill and called the name of the city which he built Samaria after the name of Shemer, Shemer owner of the hill. Now you see why it has the name Samaria. Now you see why the northern kingdom becomes Samaria. Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord and did worse than all those who were before him. Why not? Why not? For he walked in all the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, and in his sin by which he had made Israel sin, provoking the Lord God of Israel to anger with their idols. The rest of the acts of Omri, which he did, and the might which he showed, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Omri rested with his fathers and was buried in Samaria. Then Ahab, his son, reigned in his place. Omri was responsible for ripping apart the northern kingdom. He reigned for 12 years. There was a civil war. Tibni died and Omri was king. He built a city called it Samaria, and hence it became the capital of the northern kingdom, and the northern kingdom took on the name of Samaria. He walked in the ways of Jeroboam. He provoked the Lord to anger because of his sin. And he brings us now to probably one of the worst, if not the worst, kings ever. His name is Ahab. Let's look at verse 29 through 34. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, the son of Omri, became king over Israel, and Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years. 
Now Ahab, the son of Amri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who went before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the sin of Nobat, that he took as his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. He set up an altar for Baal and a temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel in anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. In his day, Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundation with Abraham, Abraham, his firstborn, and his youngest son, Zigrub. He set up its gates according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken through Joshua, the son of Nun. Ahab, Asia is still king. Ahab comes in and he rules. He does evil inside of the Lord, more evil than anyone else. I mean, it's just snowballing. This evilness is just growing and growing and growing and growing. He's more of a wicked pattern. His father was kind of a political and economic success, but he was a spiritual failure. Ahab was a complete failure. It's interesting, somebody wrote this, quote, Once in a while we say of our sons, he has his father's eyes. It because said of Ahab, he has his father's lies. <laughs> I love that. Jeroboam started the ball rolling by completely forgetting the God of Israel. He forgot who God was. He left God. He started building his altars, building his pagan gods. He was in total disobedience. His idea was, I'm going to worship my way. I know the Lord told us to worship this way. I don't care. I'm going to worship my way. And you can see the danger in this. You can see the danger as he comes to do this. Solomon did worship pagan gods. Yet these guys did far worse than Solomon. Far, far, far worse. He takes Jezebel, his wife. She's got a name. Let's face it, guys. She was a wicked woman. An extremely wicked woman. She was famous for her idolatry, cruelty, her sorcery, her filthiness. He, she was a wicked person. And she becomes the queen. Notice that it says in the days of Hiel, he built, of Bethel, built Jericho. In Joshua 6.26, after the fall of Jericho, Joshua said, Quote, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds the city of Jericho. He shall lay his foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up the gates. Here you see this prophecy of Joshua being fulfilled. Because he went back in and started to build Jericho. He started to build up Jericho again. And he says, His foundation was built on his firstborn, and the youngest son set up his gates. I was surprised that Jericho still exists. I visited Jericho. We had lunch there once. When we, were, when we were in Israel, we went into Jericho and we had lunch. One of the best lunch we've had while we were in the entire Israel country. But it was interesting to be in Jericho. It was really interesting to be there. Ahab ignored all the warnings that God had sent him. God had told him, you can't go against my word without paying a price. And Ahab did not take it seriously. So let's try to wrap this up and look at it. All we have here 
throughout the 208 years, we have five good kings and 33 bad kings. You probably never remember the name of Ella, Zimri, Tibna, or Isaiah, or all those other guys, the evil kings of Israel, but you might remember Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jotham, Hezekiah, and Josiah. They were good kings in Judah. They reigned in Judah. Good kings. What made them good? What was the one thing that made them good? After you just studied those two chapters, what was the one thing that made those five kings good? They loved the Lord. They did right in the sight of the Lord. That's, that's the phrase. They did right in the sight of the Lord. Every single one of the other ones did evil in the sight of the Lord. Are you doing right in the sight of the Lord? Or are you doing evil in the sight of the Lord? I'm not talking about a sin now and then. You know, we all sin. We all shall fall short. Praise God, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. But are you living in contrary to God's word? Does God look down upon you and go, eh, that person right there is not doing right in my sight. They are doing evil in my sight. Have you allowed the world to come in to your Christianity? Have you allowed the world to come in and set up home in your heart? And you care more for the world than you care for God, the things of God? That's doing evil in the sight of the Lord. That's putting the world as your idol in front of God. Some people do it with a family member. Some people do it with a relationship. Some people do it with money or career, all sorts of things. Are you putting others in front of God? And if you are, you are doing evil in the sight of the Lord. I'm calling it like it is. Read your scriptures. Anything you put in front of the Lord is doing evil in the sight of the Lord. Anything. And what do we learn from these things? What do we learn from these kings? See, why do we go through these scriptures line upon line? Why do we look at those like that? We could have just skipped right over it and got to one of my most favorite characters coming up. Well, for one thing, we can learn God's always right. God is never wrong. Never. He is always right. When God says to a king, there's a way you should rule and the ways you shouldn't rule, the king rules his own way, he has to answer to God. God is always right. He will appoint commanders of thousands. He will commanders of fifties. He will do everything he needs. But God is always right. Remember what God told them in 1 Samuel? God told them what would happen if they got a king. Remember, Israel said, we want a king, we want a king. Everybody else has a king. How come we can't have a king? We want a king. You know, kind of like Alvin and the chipmunks. We want, we want a king. And God told them what would happen. He told them exactly what would happen. They'll take your best fields. They'll take your olive orchards. They'll, they'll, they'll take your tenth of your grain. They'll, they'll do this. They'll do that. God told them all that would happen to them. And he also said, and in that day, you'll cry out because you're king, whom you've chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you. That was in 1 Samuel 8. We studied it over several hundred years. This is exactly what happened to Israel, to the nation. And also, what else did we learn in 1 Samuel? We learned about the importance of training up a child the way he should go. Training up a child the way he should go. Look at all these kings who were once the son of a king and followed in daddy's footsteps. But they all followed poorly. Dad didn't set a good example. 
Dad did not set a good example. Even the example David set was not followed by Solomon. God's always right. God's always right. It's incredible when you look at these things. When the king came on who did right in the sight of the Lord, what was the first thing he did? He got rid of the idols. First thing he did, he was he brought the people's attention back to God. And this is what we try to do here at Calvary Chapel. We try to bring you back to the Lord. We try to bring you focus on the Lord. Because that's where your focus needs to be, on him. On him. We try to do that constantly. Your relationship with him is premier to anything else. There's a reason why we keep saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. Notice the pattern here. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. But in this day and age, even at our age, peer pressure is still huge. Peer pressure is still huge. When you get with a group of your buds and you get a group of your old friends and stuff like that, the peer pressure is terrible. And next thing you know, you're off doing whatever it is they're doing. The peer pressure is horrid. Power has influence. When a good king was in, in power, the country did much better. But when a bad king was in power, the country went the way of the bad king. We've seen that in our day in presidents. We've seen it in our day with presidents. God needs people of influence in positions of leadership. He needs people who, who follow hard after him to stand up for righteousness, to stand up for him. We had talked about this, how he's looking to and throw throughout the land for a heart that he can show himself strong on behalf. He's still looking, and he wants to use you, but your heart needs to be right towards him. You know, we steal from each other all the time. You know, be a David. Sit before God and say, search my heart, God. I want to be right with you. If there's anything in the way, let me know so we get rid of it. Let me know. God's looking for a heart. The problem is we take backward steps instead of forward steps. Proverbs 14, 33. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to many people. You saw the sins that were here in this country. Horribleness. Horribleness. But it's a setup. It's all a setup by God. It sets the stage for a classic figure to come on the screen. A classic figure in Bible. A classic figure that we all will read and look at. And his adventures and what he does is incredible. And I can't wait to get to him in chapter 17. We read about a man of God who comes against Ahab and the gods of Baal, and his name means the Lord Jehovah is my God. His name is Elijah. Elijah, chapter 17. And he comes on the scene, and it's cool. What happens there is just really cool. So it's exciting. So it's exciting. You are sure.
Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of 1 Kings. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. We encourage you to download these messages so that they're available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for times and directions. And if you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 1 Kings. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from 1 Kings. But until then, we encourage you to read through the Bible on your own and tune in next time on A Sure Hope.